But um, I think it's important, though, that we read the Bible, whether it's in paper form or whether it's digitally. Um, you just got to get into his word because the Bible is so important to hold us steady through the storm, to hold us steady through the storm. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. So put your thinking caps on. What do you call a hen that cannot count its own eggs? A mathma chicken. What can you call somebody? What can you call someone who has no body and no nose? Nobody knows. Okay. What do you call a belt made out of $50 bills? A waste of money. Okay. Did you know that the first French fries were not cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. And finally, do you know where the invisible man cannot hide? Do you know where the invisible man cannot hide? In the hospital, at the ICU. Those have nothing to do with the message this morning. I just thought I would just throw those in there. <laughs> finally, finally, pastor's funny. Thank you. Okay, Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. It says this in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abadi, Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both, both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense and incense. And, and when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call him John and he will be a great joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth and he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born, even before he is born. And he will bring back many people of Israel of the Lord to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, How can this how can you I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Good husband, isn't he? I'm old and she's not as young as she used to be. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news, this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day that has happened because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long at the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized that he'd seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. And when the time of service was complete, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. And the Lord has done this for me, Elizabeth said. In the days he has shown, in these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. John the Baptist was a unique child. 
a unique child, a child that was called to be a prophet. The Bible says that, his, that the Spirit of God was upon him and filled him even before he was born. But he would be great in the sight of God because obviously he was not looked upon so highly by his own people. This man wore camel hair. This man ate locusts dipped in honey. He was living in seclusion. He couldn't participate in any of the wine. He was called by God, separated. And people wouldn't see his greatness, but God did. God saw his greatness. And just as a side note, I want you to understand, a lot of times we don't see the greatness that God has, has sees us. as We don't see ourselves as great as God sees us. We don't see ourselves the way he sees us, the way he looks at us. You know, we look at us and we see our failures, we see our disappointments, we see that we're different and that, that people don't understand us. And yet when God looks at us, he sees us as his creation, as his child jeremiah 1 5 says before i formed you in the womb i knew you psalm 139 you were created for you created my innermost being you knit me together in my mother's womb even before you were born god saw your greatness your beauty and i think a lot of times we forget that that god actually looks at us and thinks that we're pretty cool we're pretty cool you know i used to be cool and hip and then i found out the words cool and hip aren't in anymore you know they've been gone for a while and so, but God sees us and he sees our greatness, that we are unique, just like John. John was unique, though, because he was called to be a prophet, to prepare the way for the Lord. And John was a result of several things. John was a result of God's promise that he made in the Garden of Eden. Do you remember the story where, where Adam and Eve are there and the serpent comes and he deceives the woman and both of them, the Adam and Eve, they eat this tree that they're not supposed, the fruit from the tree they're not supposed to. And God comes in there and he starts to punish them and he, he says this, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, the serpent and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you on the head and you will bruise him on the heel, meaning that one day I'm going to send a savior and he is going to crush your head. You're going to hurt him for a little bit, but he's going to have victory over you. That promise was made in the Garden of Eden. And thousands of years later, when John the Baptist was born, John the Baptist was going to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, who said that in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight a desert and a highway for our God. That John was going to fulfill the coming of Jesus. He was going to go prepare the way. So John was a result of a promise made in the Garden of Eden. John was a result of a prophecy given by Isaiah. But John was also a result of Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer. And that's what I want us to concentrate on this morning. That John is a result of two people who could not have kids. He was a result of that prayer. That's why it says in Luke 1.13, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will call him John. I believe that John was a result of a promise, but John was a result of a prophecy, but John was also the result of a prayer. John was a result of a prayer. Do you ever ask yourself, why does God answer some people's prayers and not mine? Why does God seem to answer the other church's prayer and not ours? Why does God seem to answer the other people's prayers and not ours? Why does God seem to love other people more than us? 
You ever wonder that? I believe that sometimes we get in that mindset, you know, we start to compare. How come you don't answer my prayers? How come? Well, I want to tell you, there's no magic formula for God answering your prayers. There's no, there's no secret insights that we can have. Because some people will say, well, if you had more faith, God would answer your prayers. But what I think is funny is that Jesus said that if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can make the mountains go throw itself into the sea. So, so it's not about having great faith or big faith or large faith or more faith. It's just about having faith, even if it's small. And it's not about your status in the world. Sometimes we think, well, if I was a pastor or if I was, you know, if I was the worship leader of the church, you know, we, my kids were home this weekend. Pete and Cynthia, they came to visit us over fall break. They made this game, you know, the game of life, but they did it their style. And, um, and, and so they made up different jobs that you could accept. And one of them was worship leader. They make $30,000 a year. I said, I want to be a worship leader, you know. I want that kind of salary. Man, praise God, right? It's not about your status, about whether you're a worship leader, whether you're a leader in the community or anything. Because the Bible says that the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. That God is over everyone. Rich, poor, high, low. He's over everyone. And it's not about the fact that he loves you more than he loves me or he loves me more than he loves you because Romans 2 tells us that God does not show favoritism. Yet I believe this, that in Luke we see an example of how you can put yourself in a position to have your prayers answered. How you can put yourself in a position where God will respond to you and will reward you. People... You have to live a certain way. You have to, you have to, I shouldn't say you live a certain way, but you have to put yourself in a position so that God could reward you. It's kind of like, you know, at Christmas time, you know, and our kids, you know, they're growing up real quick, but, but we put up the Christmas tree and they would wake up and they would see the gifts, you know, under the tree and they would all come running. Oh, oh, I hope I get the orange toothbrush this Christmas, you know, oh, you know. And they're all excited and they come running to the tree and they're at the tree. Why? Because they are putting themselves in a position to be rewarded. Now, what if we said, hey, it's Christmas morning and the kids said, yeah, I'm going to be at my friend's, but can you just, you know, send me a picture of what I got? No, you put yourself in a position to be rewarded. And I do believe this, that God will reward your prayer. And why do I say this with confidence? Because Jesus said it. But when you pray in Matthew 6, verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It is a done deal. God will reward your prayers. But how do we put ourselves in a position where we can be rewarded. Like I said, there's no magic formula or no five steps in how to have your prayers answered. But I do believe there are principles that we can live by that would put us in a position to receive the reward. And I believe that the example of Zachariah and Elizabeth are great examples of how to put yourself in a position to have your prayers answered. Because I do know this, that when you pray, God hears you. He hears you. And you must understand that. So, what is the first thing you can do? The first thing you can do is be righteous. The Bible says that both of them, 
were righteous in the sight of God. They both lived in a right relationship with God. They both were living right in accordance to the way God wanted them, the way God required them, the way God loved them and revealed himself through the law. It's summarized, you know, their righteousness is summarized by their actions and their moral compass. They're good people living to please God. They weren't, they weren't sinless. They were sinful people. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. But they were trying and they were living for Him. Why? Because I honestly believe this. They loved Him. You know, when you love someone, it changes the way you are. It changed, you know, in growing, going in college, you know, I was macho, you know. I worked for GM before I came to this Minnesota place, you know, and I worked with some pretty rough dudes, and, and here I come in, and all these people are immature, all these people are Minnesota nice, you know, and I'm just, I'm just a tough guy, you know. Even, you know, I always carried around that attitude that I'm a tough guy. Well, then I found this girl, her name was Cheryl Lee, and she transformed me. And, uh, and so my friend and I were in the apartment, and she comes over, and she makes me the best apple muffins I ever ate, even though she didn't even put the apples in there. They were the best, you know, because why? She made them. And so, you know, me and Mike, you know, we're, we're both from the hood. You know, we're both from rough neighborhoods. He's from Washington, D.C. I'm from Michigan. You know, and so we're, we're both, you know, just kind of relating to each other. We're hanging out, and she makes me these, these uh, dry muffins. And I take a bite, and she goes, how were they? I go, they're wonderful. And my boy Mike looked at me and said, wonderful. What are you talking like that, man? Man, you lost it, right? Because when you fall in love with someone, you change the way you speak, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you think. All these things change. And when you fall in love with the Lord, your life will begin to live in a righteous state because of your relationship Now, we don't have to worry about being righteous because we live by the law. We are righteous because of Jesus. Romans 10 says this, Christ is the the culmination of the law. He's the fulfillment of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. And it's a simple principle. You fall in love with Jesus, your life is going to reflect that righteousness. That's how you live righteous. Just fall in love with him and you'll begin to speak like him and act like him and talk like him and think like him. Why? Because you're in a relationship. Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in the sight of God. I believe that if we live in a righteous state, that God is going to reward your prayers. It's part of just putting yourself in that position. Jesus will reward us. The Father will reward us, just as Jesus said. So be a person who's righteous. Second thing is, we must be people who are obedient. Not only people who are righteous, but people who are obedient. The Bible says that Zechariah and Elizabeth was observed the Lord's commands and all the decrees. They observed the Lord's word. They observed the Lord's law. The Lord's law. They, they followed it. They understood it, and they were obedient to it. God wants us to be in obedience to his word. We don't live under the law. So I don't, I don't think we need to be condemned if we, you know, uh, if we break the law of the Old Testament because we live under Jesus. But you have to be obedient to his commands to follow him. You know, Jesus says, you really love me. Just obey me. Just follow me. Just do what I say. Do what I say. You know, it's interesting that when you obey the Lord, 
you live a cool, it, it's a pretty fun experience when you just begin to obey the Lord. Um, last week, my daughters, you know, texted me and said, hey, you know, the car needs gas. And I said, okay. So I got up early in the morning that day and I go and put some gas in the car. And as I'm coming back, I was going to park it in the spot that my daughter always parks the car. I was going to put it there, you know, because, you know, just that's where she always parks the car. She parks it there in that spot. I was going to put it right there. But as I'm driving back, the Lord just prompted my heart and says, just park here. You know, and, and I said, okay. And so I just parked there and I didn't think much of it. You know, I don't go around and say that God whispers to me every single thing, but I just knew the Lord told me to park it there instead of where she usually parks. And as soon as I got out of the car and I shut the door, this big old limb from our tree just fell, boom, right where I would have parked the car where she normally parked it. That's called obedience. When you obey God, he does things for you. He rewards you. He protects you and guides you. And obedience also puts us in a position to receive a blessing. What was the blessing I received that day? I didn't have a big old dent in my car. You see, God wants us to be people who are righteous, who are in love with Jesus, living at his word, by his word, and then also being obedient to his word. Obedient to his word. Now, you may say, well, pastor, I don't hear God's voice that clearly. That's okay, because the Bible is his voice. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, for the word of God is alive and active. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. If you want to know the voice of God, just read the Bible. Just get into his word, and it will come alive to you, and he will begin to speak to you the promises that are in there. The Bible that will guide you, direct you, encourage you, inspire you, all those things will happen when we just get into his word and so we need to be people who are righteous and people who are obedient to the word of God we need to be obedient to the word of God and not only that I believe this we also need to be determined I believe Zachariah and Elizabeth were they were righteous they were obedient but they were also determined and the reason why I say that is this the Bible says that they were both very old now, I don't think Luke is writing this down to be mean, you know. I don't think he's writing this down to be mean. Just like, you know, you know James's birthday is coming up. And we don't have to get new candles because last year's we got candles of him being one year older than he was this year. So now our candles will work. So we're going to reuse those candles, James, right? So, but James is not very old. And I wouldn't say that to be mean. Well, maybe I would say it to be mean. But I don't think Luke would, would say it to be mean. He says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were very old, were very old. Now, if I was writing the Bible back then, and I was writing about myself, man, I would write things like, Pete was a man of faith. Pete went down into a cave on a snowy day and killed a lion. Pete went to the giant and slung his sling and hit the guy in the rock, and he fell dead, Pete. But I'm afraid if Luke wrote about me, he would say, Pete was very old, right? He was very old. But I don't think Luke was writing that to be mean. I don't think he was writing that to be mean. And the reason why I say that is because Luke also wrote that again in the next chapter, in chapter 2. And it was about a lady named Anna. And the Bible says that she was very old. She was very old. And she went to the temple every day. She was married for seven years became a widow, and she went to the temple every day and worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. 
she was very old. But it was this woman who got to see the Messiah. Because the, the Bible says that on the, at that very moment, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child and looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I believe this, that Anna was just like every other Jewish person back then, praying for the redemption of Israel, praying that God would send a Messiah, praying that God would send the one who would free the nation and, and, and establish the kingdom of God once again here in Israel. She prayed that every day, and the Bible says she was very old, meaning that she went there day and night, day and night, and she was determined. She was not going to stop because she was getting tired. She was not going to stop because things didn't look like they were changing. She wasn't going to stop because God didn't seem to be answering over this last decade. She's going to continue, and I believe Zechariah and Elizabeth were determined people. They never stopped seeking God. They never gave up their righteousness because God didn't answer them. They never gave up their obedience because God didn't answer them. I think sometimes in our life we just need to be people who are determined. We need to be people who just says, you know what, I'm just going to keep praying. I'm just going to keep believing, and I know that one day God is going to answer. Sometimes we quit too early. We just got to keep going. And the Bible says that let us not become weary in Galatians 6. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So many times we give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Be determined. Be old. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were... They were people who were righteous. They were people who were obedient. They were people who were, who were determined. And finally, they were people who were willing. They were people who were willing. The Bible says that, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will call him John. Now, there are some more details in the story that happens because Zechariah says, How is this possible? I'm too old. And the angel says, at this point, you are not going to be able to talk until it happens. So you cannot speak. And, and so he goes home. He goes home and he can't talk. He walks in and waves hi, Elizabeth. Elizabeth says, how was work today? It's good. Can't talk, you know, good. Uh, what's wrong? What? Why didn't you say anything? You know, God, uh, he revealed himself to me and he spoke to me. And she's like, what? What? You know, are you an elephant on a, on a muddy road? What, what's going on? You know, and he can't explain. And, and finally, you know, he's like looking for a piece of paper. You know, he finally writes down, you know, God said we're going to have a child. He sent an angel to tell me. She looks at this and you're losing it, Zachariah. And all of a sudden she looks up and she sees Zachariah. He's smiling. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> no way, man. Now I say that because of this. There's only one virgin birth in the Bible. They had to do something in order to make it happen. My girls are thinking, Dad, please don't, please don't. But it's important because they were willing to try. 
The angel could have came and said, hey, God's going to give you a son. That's great. Zechariah could have went home, pulled out his magazine, watched some TV, and next day did the same thing, and nothing would happen. Why? Because they weren't willing. But Zechariah and Elizabeth were willing. They are willing. And a lot of times we don't understand how it's going to happen. But we've got to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. He'll make your path straight. Sometimes you just got to be willing, even when it doesn't make sense. A few weeks ago, you know this story that the Lord, just before church, told me, I want you to take your family out to eat. And so I thought, okay, I'll take my girls out and we'll have a nice nice lunch and the Lord says no I want you to take your whole family out to eat and and you know that requires us going to the cities it requires us spending gas and time and and so I I called one of my sons and I said hey you and your wife can you join us for for lunch and yeah I think we can make it happen dad okay good and we couldn't get a hold of one son named Tony and uh and so we just couldn't get a hold of him couldn't get up kept calling him kept texting him nothing you know and and this is normal with Tony, you know, but usually we can get a hold of him somehow. And we just kept calling and calling and calling. And finally, we're at the gas station because we're about ready to leave town. And I'm filling up. And, and when we're at the gas station, his location finally pops up. And it shows that he's a couple hours away from the cities. He's actually closer to Wisconsin. And I told my wife, I said, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I know that God told me to take our family out to eat but I don't know what to do and and so you know my wife just says well you know do what you feel that the Lord is telling you to do and I said okay let's do it and so we said we're just going to go and hopefully he'll get back before we get up there and so we we left and as soon as we left as soon as we left Tony calls and said hey we're coming up to seizure now we're going to go out to lunch as a family can you make it oh no I'm out of town and I'm with a group of friends and we're grabbing something to eat right now and 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 I won't be back till later and I gotta go to work and I said oh okay so I just stopped and I said well we'll do it next week and so I turned around my daughter Ellie trying to make sure her dad doesn't feel discouraged because you know I, I I knew what the Lord told me and daughter Ellie says well dad at least you were willing to try. You see, so many times we just stop because we hear disappointment or we hear discouragement or we find out that it's not going to work out. But if you're willing to try, God is willing to reward you. And that very next week, we, we finally did it the, the, the next week. And it ended up being a very fun week to the point where we got to have a great lunch. My family got treated out to go to the Sky Zone you know, where you jump on those trampolines and you play dodgeball and all this stuff. We had, we had pizza, we had great food. And then the next day, we were given money from my mom who says, hey, go take the kids school shopping. If you're up in, the, up in you know, a, a bigger city, you know, go, go take them school shopping. Well, we happened to be right in a big city and we got to go school shopping for the girls. It all worked out. Why? Because I was willing. And so sometimes we just got to, be willing to do what God is asking us, even when we don't understand, but trust that he will reward you. He will reward you. Like I said, there's no special pattern. There's no secret way of making God answer your prayers, but I do believe that if we put ourselves in a position, he will reward us. Be people who live righteously. Seek God, love God, obey him. 
Be determined. Don't quit. Just keep believing that God is going to do what he's promised. And finally, be willing. Sometimes we just got to take a step of faith. And we just got to say, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Be willing. And I believe this, that as a great miracle that John was, God is going to do the same in your life. Just don't quit. Keep believing. And God will reward you.